Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this 12th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include country singer and songwriter Lindsay Lane. We'll also visit with country singer and songwriter Kent Blasey. And from the legendary band Exile, we'll visit with Marlon Hargis. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and share with your friends. Country singer and songwriter, and uh, we were just talking a, a few moments ago, just a small piece down the road from us here in Southwest Oklahoma, Lindsay Lane. And uh, first off, Lindsay, nice to meet you, and uh, thanks for taking some time today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. And uh, we were talking about uh, small towns and, and forgotten towns in Southwest and actually all across the state of Oklahoma. And, uh, you didn't stump me yet, so there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I would. If you're from Altus, you probably know all of the small towns. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Lindsay, tell me where did uh, where for you did music uh, originate? When did uh, a love for music in, in in your soul begin, if you will? Um. So my dad played in a lot of bands, actually in Woodward. He used to play all the time over there. So when I was born, it was just a thing that always happened. And so he would play, we moved up to Amarillo when I was really young and he played single act shows throughout the week at a place called the country barn. And I would get up there and sing with him. But I mean, I was usually in like my Tweety bird pajamas, nothing, <laughs> nothing extravagant, you know, and I would sing twinkle, twinkle little star. So I think it's always kind of been in my blood. And then just a few years ago, like I think it's been about five or six is when I really started diving into like the songwriting and all of that fun jazz. <laughs> now what's, what's the music scene like uh, trying to get underway in, in, in Amarillo? Uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of people come out of Amarillo. You have Aaron Watson, Kevin Fowler. So it's definitely possible. And I think it's a great spot because you're right on I-40 and so, and I-27. So you can go crossways through the United States if you want to. But <laughs> as far as like the music scene, there's live music almost every night of the week in Amarillo, which I don't think a lot of people realize that, but it's actually pretty popping. <laughs> <laughs> she said popping. That, 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 that was, that's a word that's not used often enough in a podcast. Uh, I will say that. I, whenever I ever use that word with my 16 year old, she's like, dad, don't do that. Oh, I, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> now uh when did where do you find the inspiration in your music uh, for for new songs uh new rights is it is it just the day-to-day -day stuff is there maybe something particular that uh, that might catch your ear you know that's so i always struggle with this question because sometimes it's a it's something that just happened during the day and then sometimes it comes out of nowhere and i often wonder if some of the songs I write, it's usually not from any experience I know or anyone else. And then, but later on, a few years later, that instance will happen. And I'm like, did I write that song because this was going to happen? Do I know something that I don't know? Like, So, I mean, it's, I don't know. And then sometimes um, I'll listen to other artists' music and then I'll I'll have an idea pop into my head. So, but a lot of times, like the stories behind it, a, a few of them, are a reflection of my life and of friends' lives, but some of them I don't know where they come from. <laughs> now, now, who who is your all-time fave? Who's uh, who's the your go-to on your playlist? 
Um, well, it would be Miranda Lambert, but then I also love Martina McBride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are, great, those are <laughs> yeah, yeah it's that that's a pretty good list that's a that's pretty good uh, aspirations right yeah yeah i think so oh, we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> now the uh the, the new music putting new music out in the times that we live in uh lindsay what is what what has this time around what's it been like for you you know it's been very nerve-wracking because this business is not cheap Every part about it is very expensive. And so it's just kind of like, should we spend, you know, 10 grand on an album or should maybe we buy a generator and some water? Like, <laughs> you know, it's just weird. <laughs> it's just strange, but I, I'm just, I'm, I don't have the answer. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, 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 talked, you talked about whether you should buy a generator or, or, and water or the, uh, the <laughs> album. What's, what's the most 2020 purchase that you made last year? Um, well, actually, so my husband, he, he, uh, he was in the Marines, but when I say that people are like, once a Marine, always a Marine. And then it, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but he's a veteran of the Marine Corps, <laughs> but he ended up buying us an AR kit. So just the other day, we actually built our own guns. And I think that was probably the craziest we've gotten. <laughs> he's always been a prepper. So we had toilet paper. And we've always had like rice and beans. And then I always thought he was crazy. But then when everything shut down, I was like, where's the rice? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, how how has 2020 had an effect on your the the inspiration or your or your writing style? Maybe um, I got a little kind of jazzy and bluesy there for a second. I don't know if I was just sad. <laughs> so I wrote a lot of sad songs. <laughs> but I mean, other it's been. It's been interesting. I So I started music full time in May of 2019. I quit teaching. And then, of course, COVID comes around basically the fall of 2019 into 2020. And I was, I was just sitting there like, I mean, I'm glad I'm not teaching because that's a wild world right now, too. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I'm like, wow. So there's two months where, I mean, we didn't have any gigs for two months. And then it picked up and was doing really well so but in that moment it was definitely questioning whoa what did I do <laughs> <laughs> now, now how did the the teaching profession prepare you for for the music industry uh oh that's a very good question I think I definitely have a lot more patience than I probably would have um and then I think we always, I taught third grade math. And so in Texas, there's the star test and that's the first year they take the star test. And it was all about um, taking data and pulling it apart and figuring out, okay, what can we work on? What can we do better? And that's actually come in really handy when say charts go out and they come back. And then I look at them and I kind of separate and I'm like, okay, where do I need to contact these people and do this? So <laughs> I think that's been helpful, but I'm assuming I got it from teaching. I don't know where else it came from. <laughs> and and how this is something I don't think I've really delved into much being a numbers person as well. How how much time can you find yourself spending on the numbers? Too much time. Very like at least half a day if I don't watch myself. And then it's, it's a very slippery slope because sometimes you'll look at it and I don't want to like ever get too excited. And then I also don't want to get too 
downhearted on stuff. So it's like staying just in the numbers and thinking, okay, this is just somebody, this isn't my life. This is just numbers and we're figuring it out (laughs) (laughs) a long time. Yeah. Now, now what was, what was the, your first experience hearing yourself playing back to yourself on the radio? I cried. Yeah. Cause it was just one of those things like, you know, when I was little, it, it's always like the dream. Oh, I want to be a singer, you know, that's great. But really actually doing it is, it's a totally different thing. And then to think back like, wow, you're actually doing what six-year-old you wanted to do. How neat. And so I cried. <laughs> now now what is what's the biggest challenge musically for you is it is it the vocals is it the writing is it the instrumentation is it the is it the picking what's uh what what do you have to spend the most time on i guess um i would say songwriting it just it depends what day it is because songwriting can it can warp my brain a little bit <laughs> but um definitely i think instrument instrumentation that's not my strongest suit. Like I can get, I'll get by and I'm learning new stuff every day, but it's, it's, you know, I'm no Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now how hard is it uh, doing the zoom rights and, uh, and meets like that, that you haven't been able to do the in-persons as much? Yeah. uh, I would much rather be in person. I, this, it it bugs me. And like when I have to do a, a Facebook what is it like the live stream? Live, yeah. The mm-hmm. strangest thing because you know when you play a live gig, you're playing and then people are right there talking back to you and you're feeling everything. You don't hear claps, so you finish and you're like, "Thank you so much." <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you guys. I hope you like it. <laughs> it's just awkward. What's- what was it, what was it like the first time that you played and you realized, oh, I'm not going to get any feedback? Did you did you know going in that you weren't going to get anything back? I knew going in that it wasn't going to be like a normal show, so I set it up more of like I guess more of a meet and greet. So like I'd play a song and then I'd just, I'd read comments, be like, "How are you guys doing?" and answer questions. And then you know you're in your own home, and so a lot of people would ask about like like where where are your stage clothes? I was like, "All right, come on." <laughs> I'll just show you because what else are we going to do here? You know, I'll play for you, but whatever you want to know, that was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so speaking of, uh, of playing you, uh, do you want to play something for us today? Sure thing. I I, I always love to, to, to let somebody play. Yeah, I'll actually, so I released this song off my first EP in, in 2017. So this is while I was still teaching and I was really struggling because I was teaching and I was in a band full time for the whole five years that I was teaching. Wow. And it was getting to a point where the music was really doing well, but teaching takes up a whole lot of time. And so like, I just wasn't sleeping and I had to decide like, which one am I going to do? I would have been happy either way, but I had to decide because I was wearing myself thin. <laughs> so this song when uh, I was trying to decide which one I wanted to do. So it's called Trying to Find You. These highway lines know where I'm going. Well, that makes one of us. This roadmap in next to me. It ain't helping much Cause every exit I wanna take 
is blocked off anyway. And I can't look in for signs in every ghost town I come to. My heart is lost and it's trying to find you. Now I'm not scared of what's behind me. stuff thank you for playing that sure thing thanks for letting me now now the uh the, the latest single timber tell us yeah. uh, tell, tell us the story behind uh, behind timber okay so this is one of those ep- this little parts of my life where it just came to me and then I wrote it and then you have to sit down and figure out you know the story behind it and I was like oh crap (laughs) I got one really having to dig out and so what I ended up doing was when we perform it live like it's a very emotional song so I have to pull from basically like the darkest moments of my life to pull out that sort of energy that needs to go into it and so The song came about, I was just driving and looking for just a phrase that you could spin words off of, you know, so I passed the one tree in Texas and I was like, what do people say when they (laughs) have that tree, timber? And so then I was thinking, you know, okay, probably a love song or a breakup song. I end up writing it. And then when we perform it live, I think of, and this is real depressing, so I'm sorry for anybody (laughs) who's real sad, (laughs) but um, there was a moment in time and it was 2000 I think 16 2016 where um I was just in a really dark place and I was contemplating suicide like had the gun in my hand all of the things and so anytime that we perform it live like that's where I picture myself because that was a moment when I mean I was on the flood timber I timbered down to the floor and so but that's where I pull the emotion out of so now, now, think. Speaking along those lines, as you get ready for for on the stage, I mean, a lot. That's something folks don't really think about is the emotion that you have to carry for the different songs. I mean, it does that. Is that one of the things that gets so emotionally draining about performing that folks don't think about? I yes and no, but I I've always considered, especially when I'm on stage, it's almost like a therapy because. Mm-hmm 
you know, you're always going to have to live with those emotions. And so letting it out through the energy of your song is a lot healthier than other outlets. So <laughs> although I do have to relive the moment every single time we play it, it's kind of like also a realization that like, look how far you've come, like, just keep going. Everything's going to be okay. So it's a good little therapy. Yeah. And, and as an artist as well, and music is healing and, mm -hmm. and as an artist as well to, to make yourself vulnerable to those feelings, it, 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 it keeps the performance fresh as well. Yes, it does. But it makes, it does make this job a lot harder than most jobs because you really have to be vulnerable at every second, you know, just to catch that creativity. And it's just, oh, that's pretty draining that part. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lindsay, if, if folks want to find out more uh, about the single about timber, yeah. about uh, the other music, the EPs, upcoming music, upcoming dates and all that stuff, uh, where's the best place? LindsayLaneOfficial.com. Mm -hmm. easy enough and that's my real name if anybody wants to i always really? get that question well it's my middle name but okay. it is <laughs> given to me by my parents <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay lane official.com yes all right well Lindsay, thank you so much for your time today and uh i hope you have a great rest of your week and hopefully uh we can catch up later this year as uh, as things begin to pick it back up yeah hopefully hopefully we can book a gig over there and i'll come see you <laughs> that would be great Lindsay, thank you for your time. Thank you, Cameron. All right, guys, our next guest, honored to have singer, songwriter, and friend of the show as well, Kent Blazy on the line. And uh, first off, Kent, I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Works both ways, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, now, Kent, uh, talk about uh, putting out some new music in the midst of uh, of a time that none of us have ever been through anything like this before. What uh, What was it different this time around as opposed to in, in in normal situations? Well, there were two things. I was down in West Palm Beach uh, last year, March 13th, to do a gig that I've been doing a benefit for 15 years with Miss Leslie Satcher. And uh, the day we were supposed to do the gig, it got canceled. And that's when everything just all hell broke loose. And um, so by the time I got home two days later, all my gigs for the whole year had been canceled. And of course, nobody wanted to really get together and co-write because nobody knew what was going on. So I kept hearing about everybody talking about crazy times. And so the first song I wrote was the day I got back called Crazy Times. And then I started just writing songs by myself because there wasn't anybody else around. <laughs> and before I knew it, I had a record. And I thought, I think this needs to be put out as like a record for hope and uh, possibilities in the middle of this. So I hadn't really counted on doing a record that soon. But, you know, all the studios had closed and everything else. And so they were finally reopening again. And I went to Sound Emporium, which is a great studio, and got two of John Party's guys played on the records because they couldn't tour and some other friends of mine. And we went in and the album should have been called six masked men because, you know, we were all in there wearing masks and washing our hands and, you know, six feet away. And, 
it was a different thing. But the minute we all started playing together, there was such an energy and magic that had been pent up from everybody. I just started crying. It was so emotional to me to be playing with people again. And everybody was so fired up. We recorded 11 songs that day, which is pretty unheard of. But everybody just was so excited to be back making music again. And so that's kind of how that album came out. Very unexpected, but you know, it's really helped a lot of people trying to get through what we're going through and giving them a little bit of hope and, and possibilities. And that was kind of the reason I did it for myself and for everybody else. Now, now Kent, how much of the, of the music that you've written, is it, is it out of uh, therapeutic need, if you will, uh, in times previous to this? Not like it was this time. This time, you know, music. I always try to make music be therapeutic or uplifting as much as I can for myself and other people. But this time it was just, man, I need to be doing something. I need to be writing. I need to be recording a record. But I also want it to be therapeutic for the people that are listening to it. So it was coming from a totally different place this time. But then the world's a totally different place. So I was just kind of rolling with that. Now, now for you is 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 writing or or co-writing? Which which of the two for you is is more of a challenge or a stretch to to do? Is that kind of like asking a mother which child <laughs> she wants? To I don't know. Um, you know, I love both of them. I love uh, get an idea by myself and and having it come to fruition and completion. And the other thing is, you know, music uh, country music so weird these days that there's a lot of stuff that I would like to write and I would like to say that nobody really on Music Row wants to write it with me. So I have that luxury of writing it by myself. And then I get with other people and I co-write, you know, different things. And uh, they all bring a different energy to the table. And I love co-writing. I've got favorite people that I write with. And um, both of them are fun. But for a long time, writing by myself wasn't fun, but I've turned it into a fun thing. Now, where did where did you get the first inspiration for for music? I mean, I, I love music. I can play and I can sing. the 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 songwriting has always been the the the, the hold up. Well, among other things, but <laughs> where 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 did the songwriting influence come in your life? Well, for me, it was interesting. Um, I came from a I don't want to say an artistic family, but my parents, uh, my sister was a painter and a photographer. And they encouraged us to be artistic. And so I really started writing poetry kind of at an early age. And when I was in high school, I would get some stuff published in, you know, the high school stuff, whatever it is, the yearbooks and the journals. And so I thought, well, hey, they must like it enough to want to print it. And so then when I got a guitar, I thought, well, you know, I write poetry. Why don't I start seeing if I can write songs instead of poetry? So that's kind of how it came about. Once I got a guitar in my hand, it was a different story. Now, as a songwriter, do you do it out of uh, out of necessity, or do you have like a, a daily regimen? I, I talk to a lot of songwriters, and they they write every day, regardless whether they feel inspired or not. What do, is that kind of how you do? You subscribe to that same theory as well? You know, I subscribe to any theory that'll work, <laughs> <laughs> and on any given day, um, you know that's the great thing about co-writing is you know my wife says well i know when i see it in your books you're going to be co-writing so it kind of gives you a a target to aim for okay tomorrow i'm writing with marv green or the next day i'm writing with Corey batten so you know what you're going to be doing 
kind of who you're going to be aiming for. But um, if I'm writing by myself, it's more like it takes an idea to spur me on to sit down and work on it. And of course, not having too many other distractions going on in the last year because of everything going on, I've really been writing a whole lot of stuff. I think I wrote five songs this last week, you know, and uh, it's just kind of crazy. They, they're just coming out and I'm like, okay, thank you. I'll take another one, please. You know? Um, so it's, it's interesting, but I, I love both aspects of it. I love getting with other people and joking and having fun and, comparing how each of us write the songs. And then I can kind of take that back to when I'm writing by myself. And if I get stuck, I go, well, you know, what would Marv Green do? Or what would Skip Ewing do? And it kind of gives you another way of looking at your own songwriting. Now, did you did you find it challenging to, to, to stay positive in your writing in the last uh, 12 months or so? Well, in a sense, yes. But my target was to be in that place of being positive and being uplifting and trying to find ways to write those kind of songs to get out to people that were needing something like that. And, um, that was my target. And I kind of tried to stay away from, you know, everybody's got the bad news every time they turn it on. And so I was just aiming to, to have a different angle on it where when people heard this, maybe they'd smile, maybe they'd laugh, maybe they'd go, okay, this, this, this is giving me hope for getting out of bed tomorrow. Now, now we talked about uh, whether whether writing or co-writing was favorite. Is is the 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 newest material that you've got? Is that always uh, your favorite material at the time? No, I think um, you know. I think you have to have them be kind of your favorite at the time to want to go in and record a record. You know, you really have to be careful. Do I have enough for a record? You know, does it have a flow to it? Is it saying what I want to say? But, uh, you know, it's it's changing all the time. Some of my favorite songs are still old songs, and then it's always exciting to write a new song. So it just depends on what day you're talking to me. <laughs> and, and, Kent, the way uh, you talked about uh, the music landscape is is shifting, How how does that change the songwriting landscape as well? You know, it's a totally different world on how uh, country music seems like it's written to me these days. A lot of them, they start with uh, track guys and drum loops, and um, then you sit down and you try to, to write something to that. And I come from a more organic place. I like to have somebody just sitting down with me with a guitar or a piano or something like that and seeing what comes out of that rather than, well, we're aiming for this. We got to, you know, we got to put the drum machine on 92 because that's what everybody's cutting the tempo of 92 or we have to say this and we can't say we've been married or we can't say we're divorced or we can't say we have kids. There's so many parameters that uh, it just kind of stifles the creativity. There was a time when you could write about anything and uh, you had a chance of somebody liking it and cutting it. Now of the, of the many rights and co-rights that you've had, is there, is there any artist that, uh, that took one of your rights and, uh, and made some of it that, that, that really kind of took you back? I mean, we know the, the Garths and, uh, and so many others, was there, was there maybe another that, uh, that really sticks out for you? Well, you know, at the top of the list, of course, like you said, is Garth. He's just so amazing. He's an incredible songwriter and he always takes it to another level. And you're always unexpected by it. But I have to say, you know, Chris Young doing Get You Home, that was kind of the same way. You know, we had this 
good little song we thought and then when they went into the studio they really captured uh, a magic that took it to a whole nother level and and that song has staying power because i've still got a, a lady that i get that requested at least twice a week still to this day well tell her i love her <laughs> I, I know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah now kid- yeah i mean everywhere i go there's always some woman in in a black dress who wants to hear that song and that's okay with me now, now kid how did uh, how did the uh, what what happened in 2020 did that change the goal setting for you as you as you move into 2021 and and, and years ago and forward well you know i love performing i love i've got a rock band that i play with um i love doing singer songwriter things and so this last year we haven't been able to do any of that so my target for this year was hopefully get back into doing it. And I have a bunch of shows lined up, but whether they will really happen or not all depends on what this crazy virus is doing. I've had two album release parties that we were supposed to do. And John Party's guys got exposed to COVID during the CMA awards and they couldn't do it. They didn't get to play on the CMA awards. And then my other guitar player, got COVID over Christmas. So we had to cancel that show. So it's just, I feel like we're skating on ice right now as far as, okay, we've got stuff uh, lined up, but will we be able to do it? And, and I was so talking, was, was talking also with uh, Marlon Hargis from, from exile earlier. And the question that I asked him, whenever you get ready to take the stage, what is, what's the thing about getting ready to take the stage that you, that you've missed the most? I just love taking the stage and knowing there's an audience out there that came to hear what you have to say, what you have to play. And, you know, that's, that's so much missed these days. I've done a couple shows. There's a great room here in Nashville called the listening room. And it's about the only singer songwriter room open anymore, but just to walk out on stage and people are taking the chance to come out during the middle of this and listen to music. And everybody's so hungry for live music that it just it's a very emotional thing when i get out there to do it because they're basically risking their lives to come out and hear music that's right now now ken if folks want to find uh, more information about uh, about the album about the, the the tour dates as those become available as well as uh, as all of the socials Kent, where's the where's the best place for folks to catch up you know probably um kentblazy.com's the best um, the other thing is all the music's on iTunes and Amazon and every other place that doesn't pay anything anymore. <laughs> and, uh, that's the main thing I've kind of gotten off all the, all the other socials, uh, this year. One, it's just so distracting. Um, you know, that, and I, I don't know, it's just kind of turned to a different thing than what it started out to be. So, I kind of have been staying off of it. I have a guy who will post my gigs on Facebook once in a while, if I can find him. But (laughs) other than that, it's just KentBlazy.com. And if anybody wants a hard copy, you know, I still have CDs, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, if they want to write me, I can get them a CD and autograph it or whatever. Um, It's still my favorite way to listen to music, you know, other other than vinyl, which... uh, problem with vinyl anymore you go that record's already over 
<laughs> that's that, that that is right well kent uh like i mentioned to you before we came on the air been a been a huge fan of your work for many years i i truly appreciate you taking some time to to visit with us today and hope you have a wonderful 2021 hopefully we can catch up again real soon yeah i look forward to it thanks for a great interview really good questions and uh yeah i hope 2021 is better for everybody Really excited to have our next guest uh, on the show. Been a fan for, uh, well, as long as I can remember. They actually formed, uh, b- b- before I was formed, actually. Uh, from Exile, we've got uh, Marlon Hargis on the line. And uh, Marlon, I'm always great to visit with you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because I, li- I, like the, I like what you said. We were formed before you were formed. <laughs> that's, that's clever. <laughs> that's hell. We've been around a long time. So obviously a lot longer than you, so that's, that's cool. <laughs> now, now, Marlon, for you, as you look back uh, over the years and the, the history, being a, a member of the, the Kentucky uh, Music Hall of Fame and so many of the, the, the different accolades, I mean, do you still have to pinch yourself sometimes and and make sure this is that that it's really real yeah you know i i guess i guess so uh i mean sometimes if we're you know in a, in a concert situation or a public situation and people you know talk about uh how maybe how important a song was in our life or or, or want to get an autograph or, or something I, even after uh 50 i think we're going into our 57th or 58th year of the band I still kind of have to stop and say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Are you talking to me? You know, because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, that's that's one thing about and I think I can say this about all five of us. We're, I mean, we're just very, very normal, everyday people. I mean, there's nothing unique about our life you know, other than the fact that we're musicians and entertainers. So uh, it, it does it does still make you stop and think every once in a while. And and frankly, appreciate it you know uh it, it it's always nice and with all that went on in in 2020 to have a uh, a new release out before christmas to uh to, to put a, a light on folks faces as well uh how cool was that and and also how challenging was it to pull that off well it was very cool i mean we were we were glad actually to have anything released i mean we at the beginning of last year, we 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 actually had a, had some plans to do a whole Christmas uh, CD and and some other things, but obviously you know things went went downhill real quickly. But uh, uh, we were we were lucky to get that together. It, it was a little challenging. Uh, for one thing, the band the band members live in two different cities. So three of us live here in Nashville, and two of the guys still live in Lexington, Kentucky. So the logistics of recording were a little hard, even though it, with the technology anymore, you don't necessarily have to be in the same room to record. Uh, and actually, we, we did a lot of it, uh, you know, remotely. Um, so, uh, and then, of course, another interesting thing about doing Christmas stuff is we, I think we finished it in September. So, so I mean, we recorded it in, you know, August and September. So it's a little, it's a little odd, even though, I mean, everybody does that. Uh, but, uh, we had a really good reaction to it. It was on a lot of, a lot of top 10 charts. Um, a lot of the video got a lot of play. Uh, so 
and it was a lot of fun putting it together. Um, to, to those who haven't seen it, um, the, the video is called Kid at Heart, is, or is the name of the song. And uh, it's talking about being a kid at heart. And we each of us went back through and, and searched old photographs and videos from, number one, when we were kids or when our kids were kids or in a couple of cases, we have grandkids now. So it was it was fun just finding a lot of those old pictures and you know frankly you'd kind of forgotten about them and it was it was very rewarding actually we I, I actually enjoyed it I think it was a, I think it was a good song and a good video. Yeah. Also, the uh, b- being named on the Billboard 160th anniversary chart as well. Just an, uh, another one of the accolades. Uh, what did uh, maybe from from 2020? What did uh, maybe you come out of 2020 knowing that you had no idea that it was going to be on the radar coming in? Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, one the, the whole the whole the year was surprising. Uh, and you know some of those accolades you mentioned, like uh, I think we were in in the number 106 or something of all all time songs. Those things pop pop up every once in a while, and frankly, I we're always kind of surprised and and, and pleased. Uh, you know, I mean, we you know we we were named in the top ten of the of, I think it was called the sexiest songs of all time and stuff like that. Which you know it it, it you can't. Well, I guess you have to take it somewhat seriously. I mean, it just shows the the importance of of, of that song. Um, I don't know this this past year. It, it's I can only speak personally. Um, I think at the end of the year. I mean, you know, we it's really hard for an artist to to not work, and it's not so much just the monetary thing. It's just the fact that that's what you do. I mean, you, you perform in front of people and you record and you, you know, you do the Opry and stuff. And when you can't do that, it really, it sort of takes a a big part of you away, you know? Uh, But I know in my case, it, it, it was, it's a good feeling at the end of the year, all five band members are still very positive about everything. You know, no no one was griping or, or you know wanting to you know say let's hang it up or this or that. Um, everybody understood, and uh, everybody's has so far. I mean, have been have been uh, healthy. So I, I think it, it just maybe showed us, if anything, that we we can survive. I mean, let's face it. Who would have ever thought? You know, before you always heard that the the entertainment industry could survive anything. You know, it could survive wars. It could survive, you know, the economy. But the one thing it couldn't survive happened. And so I guess that the only really good thing is that, that we've all survived it and that we all still look forward to to going forward. And as a matter of fact, we've got a, a big business meeting with management scheduled tomorrow to talk about what we can do, you know, to to uh, make things the the best for the coming year. And uh, what what is it about uh, the, the the stage? Coming on stage whenever uh, you hit the stage, what is it that you miss most uh, or, or that you look forward to the most uh, for the next time you're able to take the stage? Well, I just miss, um, as corny as it sounds, uh, we all miss playing together. I mean, we that's that's the one thing, and really the main reason we the five of us re sort of reformed, well, I guess this is one on 13 years ago, 
because and, and and again it wasn't necessarily to tour to make a living it, it was because we really enjoyed playing um so i i just personally i miss you know going on stage you know you know how you're in our intro and and people clapping and, and looking out and to see people smiling and clapping along and singing that's really what I miss. I just I just miss seeing seeing an audience enjoying themselves. That that's the thing I'm really looking forward to getting back to. Now, has uh, for for you, Marlon, has inspiration musically has it been easier or, or or harder to find over the last year? It's been harder. Uh, the the thing is, and again, I'm just speaking personally. The, the just the fact that you're not playing shows every week. I mean, the fact that you're just, that I'm not playing keyboards. Uh, now one thing, Sonny and I, the bass player, we, we started a thing a few months ago where we actually did a, a, a Facebook live thing where the two of us would, I would go up to his house and he, he had a piano there and we would, we would do it where we would, we would play some songs, you know, and, and post them on Facebook. And we actually, we would do cover songs. We, we didn't do our own material. So, which was kind of fun because, you know, we do old Beatles songs and, and just stuff that we love doing. And that, that sort of personally kept me going just because, you know, you were, you were practicing those songs and you were playing every week. So that, that's really the hard, hard thing is just sort of, sort of keeping, keeping your hand in playing, you know, just, uh, uh, just dismissing, just, just you know, practicing every week and playing every week. So it's it's been hard, but I, I think all of us have sort of done that. I don't know of any of us that just have not been playing, you know. So so that's that's the thing that's been hard. And, and for you of the of the music that uh, that, that what what what's the music that you've been leaning on over the over the pandemic? Is there, has there been any maybe surprise tunes that have come out uh, that have uh, maybe uh, kind of tickled your fancy a bit? Well, um, now this may not be exactly what you're asking, but uh, I, I do know this. I'm, I'm not one of the songwriters in the band, but I do know the songwriters, mainly uh, JP and Sonny. They they have actually been writing throughout the year, uh, and I, and uh, have actually written some good stuff. Because I mean, they've you know they've played us you know some you know guitar vocal demos. Um, Particularly, we were we were going to do a, a whole Christmas EP. They've got a, we've got a lot of good songs ready to go. You know, when we're ready to record them, and, and some just you know regular songs as well. So, um, I don't think I think we've sort of kept our, our, our everything going there. Um, I think what's interesting to me, I, I I'm a I'm a kind of an old rock and roller. I, I love the music from the you know the '60s and '70s. And it's been fun to me to go back and, and work up some of those songs that, that there was no reason to do it before, you know, so I just never did. And it, uh, it kind of helps your playing a little to just to look, to learn something and learn something a little different. So that's, uh, that's what it kept me going, I think. Now, now, Marlon, being a keyboard player, when did, when did you first, uh, when were, how old were you when you took your first lesson? I was five years old, believe it. <laughs> um, so that's been uh, a long time. Uh, and uh, I, and I always say my parents made me take lessons, frankly, and and I really didn't like it uh, for a few years. I mean, I you know like uh, you know I, I grew up in a small town out in the country. I, I wouldn't be outside playing you know ball or something. Uh, 
uh, and, and it was uh, it was a little maybe a little different. But then along when I was uh, at at around uh, 1963 or so, or maybe a year or two before, right along the time the Beatles came out, some guys approached me to to start you know playing in a band, and and at that point everything really changed. You know, because I could see, well, wait a minute, this might be, this might be fun. You know, so even though I didn't like the lessons and having to play, you know, concerts and when I say concerts, I mean like recitals and stuff. Uh, it did, it, I mean, it paid off because it, it, it helps your technique, you know, how to play. And then I know it, it kind of exposed me. I had, a, I had a great piano teacher who would let me like play some jazz stuff, this is, you know, and, and pop stuff. So it, it, it was good for me, even though, as I say, in early years, I, I, I really hated it. I, I didn't really like having to do it. I understand that completely. My mom made me start lessons when I was in fourth grade, and I think I made it a month and a half. And I wait, and I stepped away. I never touched a piano again until my senior year of high school. So I, I understand. I, I didn't hang with it like you did. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I didn't hate it badly enough to just say I'm not, I'm not doing it. So, so again, I, I thank my parents daily, even though I, I didn't, I didn't like it at the time, you know, and, and, and my piano teacher, as I say, I, I, I can remember having to go in for piano lessons and having to play scales and just do the same old crap. And then, you know, I'm, but, but, but I always say I owe her a lot because she kind of opened my eyes to a lot of music. And, and so, you know, I, I really, Thank those people now in retrospect. It really made my whole life, really. And Marlon, how do you keep the chops? How do you, uh, do, do you have a daily regime that you do uh, to, to, to keep yourself uh, still up, if you will? Not not really. I mean, not, not a daily schedule. I mean, I like to sit down uh, maybe two or three days a week or in the evening usually and just just kind of play and and I, you know you find if you sit down and start playing or at least I do you know you you may find yourself an hour later still playing you know you can you can you can kind of uh, like in my case I've got a little music room and I I'll, I'll usually you may put on some headphones so I don't bother anybody and and uh it it, it uh, it's relaxing and it does keep you in shape i mean uh, you know after so many years uh, it's it's hard to get it out of shape. I mean, it, if we don't, you know, if, if, if we don't play a concert for a few weeks or in this case, a few months, it comes back to you almost immediately. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not that difficult. That's cool. Now, uh, Marlon, if folks want to find more information about, uh, about the music, about, uh, well, dates as those become available as well and everything else, uh, with, uh, with exile, the band, what's, uh, what's the best way to keep up? Well, we've got a couple of, of places, um, uh, and I will say this: we we haven't really we haven't really posted a schedule yet because the next two or three months are still up in the air, obviously. Uh, but we're hoping we're hoping by May to kind of start doing shows again. Uh, and we actually have a pretty a pretty good schedule already in place. Uh, but as, as I say, we're we're waiting, you know, just to, to kind of see what happens. However. The there's two places you can go, and we have we have a website, and it's it's exile.biz, B-I-Z, exile.biz, and then we have a Facebook page, which on our Facebook page we try to do something on there about every day or so, so you you can really keep up with what's going on, and, and we've done so all year. 
Uh, and it's it's uh, our Facebook page is Exile Band Official. It's all one long word, Exile Band Official. And we post all our dates on there, and uh, you know what we have coming up. Uh, you know, like like this interview. I mean, we'll post when this interview you know is going to come up and stuff like that. And uh, that's that's one thing. Media's been a really good way to kind of keep in touch with our with our fans throughout the year. Uh, and they, they, and we post, you know, old videos and old concerts and stuff. So people seem to appreciate that. So it, it's actually come in very handy. Yeah. We, we've all had to, uh, had to adjust things a little bit this year, haven't we, Marlon? We, we have. And, you know, in a way, I think we've, uh, maybe discovered some different ways to, to get our product out and, and different ways to survive. So, it you know it's not all bad you know like like I say those those of us who have have survived we we've learned a lot from it I think that's right well Marlon it uh, it is always a privilege to have the chance to visit with you I, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, wish you guys uh, a blessed 2021 and hopefully we can catch up again real soon my friend I hope so Kevin and uh, maybe in about six months I'll we'll be, I'll be back and we'll be talking about all our tour dates I hope that that sounds like a play and Marlon thank you so much all right thank you bud talk to you soon thanks again for joining us for this episode of good questions with cameron dole if you ever have a comment question or anything else you'd like to know you can find me on instagram twitter and facebook all at gq with cam if you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast feel free to click the support tab and follow the instructions if you have a special guest idea email me gq with cam at gmail.com. Thanks again to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with the theme music. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Join me for episode 13 coming up tomorrow.